0: So we're actually back right now, but yeah, and just, front and yeah, hold well, that too. Um, but this is the fun part where we just get to talk because it's all going to get cut from the podcast. So Sounds good. If you're listening live, you're getting a treat. Yeah. Hello. Oh, Phil did bounce. Oh, okay. He didn't have to. Fine. But that's okay. Bye, motherfucker. Bye, Phil. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> Toto Steve, Africa covered. Steve. Yeah, done, uh, done,
1: uh, done. The Don Gleason bit on sheets. On <laughs> the uh, kind of like a wish granted on the monkey's paw <laughs> which comes with a terrible yeah. <laughs> consequence because now Galison has to work very hard not to be Tom Highland who spoils just about everything by accident. <laughs> uh but thanks thanks uh very evocative. Thanks
0: uh Hill Hippy for showing up man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me man. Of course dude. Always right good now? to see you. Yeah. Take care sir. You too, Rambo. All yeah. right man. We'll have to we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah,
2: just whenever just let me know man. Yeah. All right man. Bye. Thanks he guys. says that but he never calls back.
0: He's never going to call me back.
2: That that
0: scene from martin yeah we'll do lunch <laughs> <laughs> um yeah his geek his geek sheets are like one of my favorite things now because like what we've done is, is we've started a back and forth competition um what i do is if you look at his <laughs> if you look at his byline in every single episode and every single um article he writes i read a different byline so this one was by steve monick actually it's dr, dr. steven monick. monick yeah sorry, sorry, supreme yeah yeah uh the one before i called him grand admiral steve monick <laughs> Um, and then he makes reference to it in the uh, in the Judy Garland thing. He says, "Big props to our supreme leader, King of the Andals, and the First of Men, Grand Admiral, Editor in Chief Mike Lunsford." So we just go back and forth with that. Like <laughs> in my Luke in my Luke Cage article, on Mike Sweet Christmas Lunsford. Nice. Um, I did, I did a review of the first three seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation because I had, like, this m- memory block yeah. where I only remembered bits and pieces of the shows. But also, I was, like, six when the show was on. Oh, yeah. No, same here. Yeah. So I went back and I watched all three se- – the first three seasons. And oh, the f- man. The first season sucked. The yeah. second season was good. third season was bananas. And, like – You
1: make in, ter- in terms of quality or just, like, there's, like, crazy shit happening in the show? Well, both. Season three is – It's threes, been a long time yeah, since I've watched okay. like, any of that consistently.
0: Well, you know what you could do? She so could read my review, and then you could watch it on Netflix. Well, and you could see because I tell you what episodes to cherry pick if you don't want to watch all of them. Yeah, because like that's when epi- season two is when the f- is the first time they run into the Borg.
1: Oh, um, and then oh, season- God, I remember those early Borg
0: costumes are so oh. bad. Oh
1: yeah,
2: but the Borg oh, man. It's like literally like toilet paper rolls and it's stuff really like really bad, spray painted black and glued to them. Yeah, yeah it's not good. Like it's- fucking
1: like half uh, uh, half price tubing on at Home Depot. No, yeah. Excuse me. At Heckinger's, Heckinger's. That you could find. <laughs> yeah,
0: nice Heckinger's reference. Yeah,
1: there's a deep pull there for See, you. See, look at that,
0: guys. We we're learning about spores and mushrooms and mycelial networks and, <laughs> Heckinger's. and Heckinger's. It's an educational show for everybody. Um, let's go ahead and jump right back into the episode. Uh, rejoin. Let's rejoin GGR Pirate Radio. Oh wait, you know what? It would help if I actually had the volume turned oh. up. <laughs>
2: When we last left our heroes. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Oh, yeah. Africa's still playing. I forgot about that. All right, guys. Here we go. Let's go ahead and rejoin Pirate Radio.
1: Security clearance level three or above is required to access
2: files. Command codes verified.
3: Welcome back to GGR Pirate Radio
0: you heard the man ladies and gentlemen welcome back thank you for enjoying our little uh dalliance there where we weren't really doing anything except for talking about stupid things i can only play a little bit of the song because you know we don't own the rights to it (laughs) um but thank you for tuning in to part two of ggr pirate radio um it's a slimmed down version of the podcast it's just me and rambo in studio and then we've also got steve via the magical mystical means of Zencaster. um let me give a shout out real quick um They're not a sponsor yet. Hopefully, they'll throw money our way one day. Um, But Zencaster. Zencaster Zencaster.com. That is Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com. Zencaster is like Skype, like Google Hangouts, like any of your VoIP-style internet phone calls that you can do, only it's much more stable. It's like a conference call. So if you've ever worked at a job that thought it was way more important than it actually was and they made you get on conference calls, very similar to this where you can have everybody in the room at the same time as you can hear, the the quality of call is is excellent. We could hear Phil's every word and every smart ass remark that he made. It's true. It was great. Yeah. So I highly recommend using Zencaster for all of your conferencing and voiceover IP needs. Free advertisement there. You hear that? If you own a business out there and you need me to do a sweet advertisement for you? I'm here. Drop a not, hint
1: there, Zencaster. You I'm got a, any yeah. any advertising dollars to throw our way?
0: Yeah. I'm not cheap though. Just saying that right now. You're our balls
2: are in your court. Yeah. <laughs> well played steve
0: um so when we last left our heroes we had teased what we were going to be talking about here um we've done something really really cool guys and i, and I kind of alluded to it earlier when we were talking to uh, the hill hippie from fxbg public radio um this ggr thing started off as one thing it started off as me and steve we worked in this place together we hated our lives. And when we had, like, our lunch breaks and, and regular, like, 15-minute breaks, there were these chairs, like, in the office where you you could, like, have a break or whatever. And we would go sit there, and we would just talk about nerd shit. And, like, we would talk about comics. We would talk about movies. Whatever. Whatever to get our minds off of the mundane crap we were doing at our job. And it was, like, honestly, like, it was, like, the highlight of my day. Because it was, like, hey, I I actually feel like a human being again for a minute. And it was – I think that's where we came up with the name, too, wasn't it? Was, like – this is our our refuge from the work, and we were like, yeah, the geek refuge, and like we just kind of played with the name from there, and that's where it came from. Um, but that's that was the genesis of this whole thing was a place for geeky and nerdy people to talk about the shit that they love, and it just grew from there. We wanted to do um, we wanted to do articles. We wanted to do we want to essentially wanted to be like Cracked.com, you know, or like the Nerdist or any of those other things where they talk about geeky things and then people for some reason give them money. I don't know why, <laughs> um, but we wanted question to question mark profit. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like the underpants gnomes, you know, like step one, you know, underpants step two. We don't know. Step three profit. Um, we couldn't figure out exactly how we needed to do that, but we figured we would figure it out. Eventually it's no big deal. No, no rush. Um, well, what we ended up doing is at one point we, we joined forces with another website. Uh, I'll, I'll mention them, Comics Online. Um, we joined forces with Comics Online. And it I felt like we lost our way. We didn't really continue to do the things that we wanted to do. We were too focused on what they wanted to do, which is fine. Everybody's got their own space in this geek world, right? We brought it back. And when we brought it back, this is February of 2018. One of the things that Steve and I said was, is, like let's do what we want to do and not focus on whether or not this is going to be profitable or this is going to be popular. Who cares? It's fun. But not only that, let's use this as a place for us to share what other people do. Because I know people like James Rambo. I know people like Ulysses E. Campbell. I know people like like Philip Jean-Pierre, who are talented artists, who do incredible things. Steve Connolly, we had him on. Like We had um, uh, Justina Johnson, the, an incredible musician. We have all these people on who are just doing awesome things. And this is what the internet should be, is it should be sharing all of this awesome stuff. Yeah. So why not turn that turn our podcast into sharing that stuff? And that's why I was so glad when you came down here and you agreed to be on the show, and you did a fucking bang up job, by the way. Like Thanks, you're man. you're now like like up on the list of people that we want on the show all the time. I appreciate. And I was like, dude, you just want to like come hang out with GGR and do shit all the time, and you were like, uh, yeah, okay, cool, know, yeah, exactly. Like it was very exciting that that we can bring other people into this, but also to other people that are as passionate as we are about this. So officially (laughs) for both me and all that Steve talk because you know he has a voice too uh, we would like to welcome you to the Great Geek Refuge Mr. James Rambo. Thanks guys
2: Yeah, Happy to be here. That was like word for word every way I've ever asked out a girl
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mike are we going steady now?
2: You were like I would like to invite you down here if you would do me the honor of (laughs) spending time with me (laughs) So has he thrown a drink in your face yet? I'm not down there at the <laughs> studio. That's usually how it goes. Is that is that what's happening? We're working on that, yeah.
0: drinking well, in the face.
2: So I got to get the drink first.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Once I get him the drink, then he'll throw it in my face. Yeah, sure. Um, but Rambo. In hospitality. I, I'm sorry, man. We're on a shoestring budget here. Okay. You see all this fancy equipment. Shoestring. Yeah. You see, I <laughs> just thing? got
2: done saying we're not doing this for profit. Were, exactly. you not listening? Yeah, we're at somebody else's house. I'm just saying this is somebody else's
0: studio. It was nice enough to let us use it. That's what, that's what I'm saying. We're not in this for profit. Cause I'm using somebody yeah. else's shit.
2: <laughs> Mike goes down there. He records a podcast. He steals like one or two movies and then he's out of there. You know, like yeah. it's not a big time deal. Exactly. some of the art off the wall.
0: You know, no, no big deal. Right. Little things here and there. Yeah, exactly. Until all of a sudden there's nothing one left. one piece at a time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, death by a thousand slices. Yeah. Um, so Mr. Rambo. Yes, sir. The questions that I have for you. Um first off, we met through Ulysses. Yes, sir. We met on Fantastic Forum. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget like how it all started. We were we were talking about um Nazi Cap. Yeah. Nazi Captain America. And I was like, "This seems like such a lame story," and you managed to tell the basic premise of that story in like two minutes, and actually made me want to read it. When you're like, "Well, yeah, okay, it is," but here's the thing, you know, the cosmic cube, yeah, it turns out it's a person. It basically like takes like form in like a little girl, cubic, yeah. And Red Skull convinces her that like, "Oh no, what we're doing is a good thing." And and remember me holding you as a young little cube before you came a person. Oh yeah, yeah. So you love me, of course. I'll do whatever you want. You know, dad-like figure. And I was like, "All right, that actually isn't ridiculous. That's not." Just- I mean, it's a, it's patently a, a ridiculous.
1: But like, it's it's comic booky. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous in the way that like you know, Superman can fly and shoot lasers out of his eyes. Like, of yeah. course, it's ridiculous. but— yeah. This is this is where we're we're
0: buying in. Yeah. Is, if
1: you're if you're not okay with this, you should put this down entirely.
0: Yeah, exactly. If, if you can't believe that a that a, you know, a cosmic cube can take sentience and, you know, walk around with legs and yeah, shit. I please. question
1: the very similitude <laughs> of your wishing stone being able to grow a body, sir.
0: <laughs> I'm out. No, can't do this. <laughs> but um But yeah, like ever like ever since that day, I was like these are the kind of people that I need to be around. And that was like that was right when we had stopped GGR. And started with comics online. Oh, shit. And, like, I immediately regretted the decision. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, it was it was just one of those things where I was like, man, we really should have just stuck to what we were doing. And um, I'm glad that we – that there are people like Yuli. There's people like you. There's people like Phil. There's people like Shireen who, like, were essentially just, like – you guys just, like, co-opted me. You were just like, Mike, just come hang out with us. Just shut up. Just, just yeah. come hang out with us and be cool. Just talk about dumb shit. And like it's it's been it's been really really cool, and I can't wait to see what other crazy shit that I don't know about you because I know that you're from the D.C. area.
1: I am from the D.C. area. I'm from a okay. uh, Maryland originally. Okay. Okay. Um, from a very specific little sort of nexus point. Uh, I remember getting into an argument with a friend of mine in high school where she's like, you live in Riverdale or you live in Bladensburg. You don't live in, in, in Hydesville. You just use the Hydesville post office. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you uh, shut your damn mouth. To, yeah. to the best of my understanding... Um, my street was technically in Hyattsville. If you went a block up, you were in Bladensburg, and if you went a block down, you were in Riverdale. So it's this weird little nexus point in, in, in Prince George's County.
0: So you were friends with like Archie and Jughead, and yeah? Sure. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. I mean, well, my dad knew them because he grew up in Riverdale.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you can't live in Riverdale without knowing any of them. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, a, lot he... of, a lot of jalopies ha, driving ha, around. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That could have just kept going if you didn't interrupt us. So thank this, you. I will give you your
1: laugh, So you will stop making this. Just
0: choice. let it go. <laughs> God damn it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I believe the, the, it, the, the town was renamed some, uh, some years ago to officially it's Riverdale Park, Maryland, which is just fucking whatever. With they missed out on re-branding. a gold
0: mine. They really did. Yeah. They really did. A bunch of dudes walking around with crowns on their head. I mean, come on. Yeah. You really had a golden opportunity here. Um, so D.C. is not you're, – you're not a transplant. No. Which is weird. No, no, no. Because I thought, like, I was, like, the only one. I thought I was, like, <laughs> the only the only daywalker that's actually from – No one's actually from the area. Exactly, They've right? They've all just
1: arrived in the area. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it's – I mean, like – and that's Steve. Steve moved here from Pittsburgh to take a job. And there's so many people that have done the same – that's how he, he – like, did you—and I meant to ask you, Steve, real quick, quick aside. Did you meet Mandy in Virginia, or did you meet her in Pennsylvania, and then you guys both moved to Virginia?
2: The second one.
0: Oh, okay. So, okay. All right.
2: Yeah. There, there. You'll notice that you will meet a ton of teachers down there in Virginia yeah. that are from New York and Pennsylvania. Yeah. She was one of them.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. So, again, two people from the same state, and you guys grew up, like— how far away from each other? Like it was like what, like
2: Forty five minutes an hour.
0: Yeah. And they meet in in the great state of Virginia. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Commonwealth of the Virginia. The
2: Commonwealth of Virginia.
0: Virginia, yes. The Southern Gentleman voice. Um So growing up in this area, I mean, you kinda have a unique perspective on things too, because you're not influenced by all of these other places. Like you're you're strictly DC, but you're also not a sports fan, which is weird. Not in the slightest. Like couldn't not care, even not even a little bit. care less. Yeah, <laughs> and like for most people, that's such an easy way to connect, especially with guys. Cause you're just like, oh, let's talk about sports ball. You know, like yeah. And it's
1: I'm a big dude. Like I'm a fat man now, but I, I've always been like a big kind of you know I don't say like, burly, but like you know I have broad shoulders. I'm pretty tall. Um, and that was all I got in high school. It's like, oh, you gonna go for the football team? Why? Because you're big. So
0: I also like drawing pictures too.
1: And there was just this this sort of like. They couldn't compute. It just didn't compute. Like, no, and no. it was it was other high school students. It was teachers. But you're yeah. big. I'm like, so so. If I'm yeah. tall, I should play basketball. Yeah, yeah. Why? It doesn't appeal to me. I don't care. Yeah. Um. Like when I was when and when I was a kid, I was a, I was a Cowboys fan by default. Yeah. Because everybody when I when I was a kid, if you were under thirty, you were a Cowboys fan. As basically as a fuck you to everybody who was over thirty, who was a Redskins fan. <laughs> um there okay but when i was about 16 i just realized like i don't care about this shit yeah i just i don't i, I i've i never watched a game front to back um i i guess technically if you want to include super bowls where i'm like around and it's on sure yeah um but yeah just i don't know man it never really grabbed me
0: yeah okay i mean and it's it's interesting for me and and steve is kind of the same way we're both huge sports fans but we're also huge nerds, and that's not something that was really normal when we were – because we're all roughly the same age, right? Yeah. Like, I'm 36. I know Steve is 32.
2: 34. Yeah. Uh, I'll be 32 in November, so yeah. close enough. So, so yeah. Right. I
0: mean, 32, 34, 36. Yeah, like, sure. that's, that's creepy. Like, all we need is somebody who's 38 and 40, and then we're counting by twos. It's fucking weird. <laughs> um, but, like, for us, it was, like, you couldn't be both, and it was strange.
1: Sure. I mean, like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm still – about a good friend of mine is uh is one of the biggest weebs I know and yeah. she I love loves baseball. Loves baseball. That fits
0: with the Japanese culture though. Uh, hi, Alexa. Really
1: um, she I mean like and and not like oh Alexa is a casual watcher of baseball. No, like she goes to games. She, like I don't I don't know why I'm trying to defend her her fandom. Yeah. Um but she is like a part of a bunch of like Facebook groups, so they really dissect the game and shit. I'm like awesome it's still yeah. like i don't know if it'll ever not be strange to me because like you yeah. were saying culturally you picked one or the other you were a jock or you were a nerd and you didn't yeah. get to be both but now you can be but
0: now you can be, and that's great yeah that's awesome man um and that's kind of like that that's you want to talk about the genesis of that of this site man we were writing we would write detailed articles about spider-man and then the next breath we were talking about like you know the the nfl football season like it's
2: yeah. Well, my first article was, "Hey, let's take oh, yeah. fictional Marvel and DC characters and say what sport they would be best at." Yeah,
0: and stick them in the Olympics and stuff. Yeah, it was cool. Like, nice. like Nightwing would be amazing at uh, American Ninja Warrior. See, I was going, "Oh yeah, acrobatics." Yeah. yeah,
1: he'd be a gymnast, he'd be an amazing gymnast.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, like uh, another friend of mine who's a history professor and and giant nerd. Uh, also loves football and yep. the Tour de France, and um, it's it is still like kind of a weird foreign thing for me because you know it's it's cultural brainwashing. Like you know yeah. you're taught that if you are one, you can't be the other, and not only can you not be the other, you are enemies. Yeah, you know the jocks and the nerds do not get along. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean this is you know old
0: old school stereotypes. Yeah, but it's just something that's stuck and well and especially for me too like i i started as a jock yeah like i played football i wrestled i played baseball and then i destroyed my ankle and knee playing football in high school so i was out of the football season done pretty much and then i because i wanted to do something else and i wouldn't say scared scared is the wrong word but i didn't play football anymore after that i was like i just don't want to do this this isn't worth it to me um plus i wasn't really very good so let's be honest. I was not good at football. Not a great loss. No, exactly. <laughs> but then I got, in, I got into the drama club. I got into TV production, which TV production was TV production, movie production. Like, I learned about radio. I learned about audio editing. I learned That's about awesome, everything. Man. And, like, again, like we were talking about before, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. But there was definitely, like, there was definitely some some blowback from that. Like, I remember my dad, I told him after I healed up. Um, and the football season was coming around again for the next year. I was like, dad, I'm not trying out for the football team. And he was disappointed. He was legitimately upset. Not mad at me, but like bummed. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was, he played football all through high school, you know? And like, I just, I told him, I was like, this is not my thing, man. I don't want to do it. And like, he gave me some crap for it for a little bit and like, was mad that I, I quit playing baseball too. But like, eventually, I mean, like my dad's a pretty cool dude. So he kind of let it, let it go. Um, and, like, was always there. Every single play that I did, even if it was something awesome. weird, and I was reading Shakespeare, he didn't give a shit, he was there, and it was awesome. So it was... I never had one of those, well, like, I don't have a son, you know? Like, <laughs> there was no, no cats in the cradle moments for me, so...
1: Um, well, and, like, to... to Like, my experiences with my father in terms of... Um, like, he's where I got my love of sci-fi fantasy and, yeah. and all that. Um, because you know i mean like he liked football well enough sure we'll watch a game I, I, of the two of my parents my mom was more into it and even yeah. she wasn't super into it yeah um but uh yeah when my parents weren't really you know that gung ho about it it wasn't really a big deal in the family and i'm just you know i'm not a guy who wants to go run around or you know <laughs> get hit um like so like those yeah. and I, I don't have that that competitive streak that a lot of people do yeah um so the the idea of like I gotta be the best. Why? Yeah. Why? I, fucking why? Like who am I so trying to impress? So basically, you're
2: saying the movie The Karate Kid has no impact on your life. I mean,
1: like I like it, <laughs> but it's it's yeah. I, I, mean, I who
0: doesn't like scream screaming? Put him in a body bag. Like right.
1: And it, it's 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 one of those things. So when when the um the Mars rover touched down, there was a web comic uh i and i'm blanking on the name of it but i remember this very distinctly there was this one web comic and it was three panels of um it's a guy sitting on his couch watching the footage of of the rover landing and you know the, the, the official announcement is like all right the payload has landed you know and it's you know it's intact and that and the guy you know jumps up and screams we did it and then there's a, a dead panel a, a panel with no dialogue and the last panel is like oh i just got sports <laughs> like it, it just clicked for me he's like i'm not a part of this it has nothing to do with me but i'm so i'm so uh it's such an important thing to me that i feel like i've taken part in it yeah um so i can respect it and i can appreciate it yeah um but part of me is also like h- how much many millions of dollars is going to <laughs> all of these people who basically play kids games um i i i, I have a hard time but at the same time like i fucking love movies and how many tens of hundreds of billions of dollars are spent on that a year it's the same thing. it's they're playing a role yeah Yeah.
0: but like it's entertainment yeah and like what's cool is as you mentioned you don't really like the physicality and, and stuff like you know i don't want to get up and run around that's still left over like it's still something i like doing in fact it's one of the reasons why steve and i are such good friends like his bachelor party for his uh before he got married we actually like went like old school 12 year old birthday party yeah. and we went to a um, like a gym and basically like played basketball and football and ate sandwiches and like we watched a hockey game after that like we cool, were just man. it was it was so cool because it was just like it, i literally like it didn't feel like a bachelor party it literally felt like i was going to steve's birthday party because honestly like i slept over that night, like I slept in his like I slept in, at his parents' house, and I was like, "Thank you so much for letting me stay here, Mrs. Monica." Like, it, it was it was so cool. It was very like it was very like old school retro.
2: Oh yeah, it, it was thing. a sixth grade birthday party, but it was a like exactly what I wanted to do. It was yeah. so fun,
0: and like to give you credit here. And honestly, like we're interviewing you in a way Rambo, but really it's us sharing all of our shit too because yeah, sure. you're part of the family now. Like oh. and we love shit. Like that's really what this is all about. We just like sharing all of our stories and stuff with each other. But like that's what made this so good is so I I mean we've all been to bachelor parties, but like I've been to the ones where you go to like strip clubs and you drink and you do other stuff, but like those feel forced a lot of times. It feels like you're doing it because you you have you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. This felt genuine, like this is exactly who Steve is, and like it was just like it, it was it was awesome, and, like the uh,
1: God how many bachelor departments I've been through, five maybe six, yeah, um at least two of those involved a strip club, they're some of the saddest experiences I've ever had, uh just really just uncomfortable and right. unpleasant for pretty much everybody involved um. All the men want to be somewhere else with all the women. All the women want to just be somewhere else. Um, Can they just have your money and just go? Sure. I've been to a bachelor party at Chuck E. Cheese um, (laughs) because a buddy of mine, he's like, I got to bring the kids. And so I don't want to – I don't really – one, I'm not really a strip club guy. And two, there's a bunch of video games and we need to eat pizza. Sounds good. Let's go do that.
0: That's – that's very genuine and At like hundred yeah. percent
1: and then I, I went to um one of my best friends. Uh we th- we threw him a very quick impromptu bachelor party where we just went to Chinatown and had dinner and just went to a bar and just bullshit for a couple hours. And that was it. Yeah. Um so yeah, it the the whole like um it's like it, it's yeah, like you said, it feels very scripted. It feels very much like and now the men will engage in the bachelor party activities. Like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, I why there's real porn that you can get for free online. <laughs> like, why would I spend money for a woman that doesn't want anything to do with me? Yeah. <laughs> like, the yeah. trade off will be like, well, one is live. Yeah, but she's clearly glaring at me because she doesn't want to be doing this. Yeah. The other one is not live. But and she already also, got paid for it. And too. She's already gotten paid for it. Yeah. Um, so, like, I just I don't understand. Like, I, it just feels like a holdover from a, from a culture that I am no longer a part of. Not even no longer. I have never been a part of um and thank god for that yeah um so yeah i yeah i don't i don't don't get that shit man and like as i say that if if uh, in terms of physicality you want to go play some laser tag yeah that sounds great let's go i've never (laughs) been that sounds like a fun really never been man i grew up poor brother oh (laughs) steve you you got a people you,
0: you gotta never once rambo all right we're gonna fix this bud yeah, I've, I, that's the thing. I, a lot of the and coming so, from a dude who's who's also heavy, I'm just saying <laughs> we'll do these physical things, but you won't die. Okay, sure. so it'll well, be,
1: yeah. like I would I, I would love to find a a something that's actually like uh, uh cardio that I enjoy. Yeah, um, because I don't run unless I'm being chased, <laughs> and um, I like I have enjoyed the sort of like baseline machismo
0: thing of lifting weights. But yeah, it's all like I
1: don't, I can't afford Honestly, a gym right now. You know now, what I do so, a lot eh. of? I
0: do a lot of walking, a lot of hiking. Not like hardcore, like climbing mountains and shit. Sure, but like just like down here in Fredericksburg, there's so many like cool paths and trails. There's like the battlefields and stuff. If you're into the history stuff, there's just really cool things because it's a really old city. Yeah. So like there's just lots of great things to do. Like I take my son on nature walks and we'll just walk down by the river and stuff like that. It's a, it's really cool. Like that's really what we do. For me, it's motivation. Well, there's
1: some, there's some. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I'm just I was just going to say like if and and this really applies to pretty much everything it, it uh to drawing to you know cleaning up the apartment like if I have the idea and I act on it immediately I'll do it and I'll spend the day doing it. But if I have the idea and I don't I'm going to end up in front of the TV on my phone bullshitting.
0: Yeah. For 9 hours at a at a time. I hear you. I I'll, um, I'll open up my laptop sometimes and I'm like I'm going to get some solid writing in. And then all of a sudden, I'm four episodes into, you know, season four of Friends. Yeah. And I'm like, crap, where did the day go? Like, well, shit, I guess yeah. that's that. Yeah.
2: Anyway, yeah, has been say. some studies done where, like, they basically say, like, if you intentionally deprive yourself of something that you enjoy and only allow yourself to do it while you're, like, working out, it becomes, like, a commitment device. So, like, that's another way I've kind of tricked myself sometimes into working out is, like, all right, I'm only allowed to listen to... This this album, or I'm only allowed to listen to this podcast, or watch this show. I I want to watch it, but I'm only allowed to watch it if I'm working out. And then sometimes you start to meld the two things together, and you kind of get cross enjoyment between them. So it's like, Mm. hey, now I'm not only looking forward to watching this episode of this show, but I'm also starting to kind of look forward to like doing something. It's like you're saying, Mike, with like walking and everything, you get the right podcast or show. It it actually kind of heightens it so you can still be nerdy even while you're working out if you're listening sure. to the right podcast oh yeah i've got oh, these game of Thrones theories or whatever you want to listen to
0: i've gotten my son into it as well like what we'll do is we were, were we're binging uh adventure time right now on hulu nice and what we'll do is is like if you don't hit next at the end of the episode you get 30 seconds between episodes as it plays the the credits right mm-hmm. we're doing push-ups or sit-ups between the episodes oh sweet so it's like and like i used to do this in the army too like this is like something that actually works like you it sounds stupid because you're, like, you're only doing, like, equivalent to, like, like 15 minutes of exercise. It doesn't matter. You're doing something. It's exercise you wouldn't be doing otherwise. Exactly, yeah. And you actually can, like, you can really build muscle, like, surprisingly. Like, I did this at one point, like, because I – whatever. Like, we have these things called PT tests, you know, yeah. physical training tests, right? And I, like, doubled the amount of push-ups that I could do in two minutes just by doing that between commercials on, on TV shows. Nice. Just by doing push-ups. On, like, I had no other workout regimen, and that was <laughs> that was it. Um. I wanted to ask you, and, and Steve, if you have any questions for, for Rambo Man, let me know, dude. Like, You're you're part of this as well.
2: How often do people make references yeah. to your last name in regards to the Sylvester Stallone movies? Seriously, yeah. Um, is, is it pretty much so constant? So you say or? the Sylvester
1: Stallone movies, do you mean the Rambo movies or the Rocky movies? Because I can count on one hand the number of times someone's made Rambo references, but it is innumerable the amount of times people go, Oh, yo, Adrian! Yep. what? <laughs> so, here's what happens. Really? People hear Rambo. People are like, nothing um- is over! They immediately <laughs> think Stallone, yeah. right? But Rambo is not in the cultural zeitgeist in the same way that Rocky is. So, when they think Stallone, they first go to Rocky. Um, and also, there's not a lot of super quotable lines from Rambo. Um, he doesn't really have a catchphrase. Um, so, nine times shit 99 times out of 100 uh it's rambo oh yeah you're adrian every fucking time and it's to the point now i'm just like yeah just like that It's the same thing Yeah, huh um wow there was one time i called in to uh, uh uh whfs um years ago nice um and and actually mike you referenced this on, earlier in the episode uh talking about loveline I was listening to Loveline, and it went to commercial break, and it came back, and it was a different episode. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And so I listen to this, and it goes to commercial break, and it comes back. And it's a different episode. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And I was like, well, maybe it's like a best of, but there was no, like, announcement at the top of the episode. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing like that. So I was like, well, now I'm just curious. So I called the radio station, and I was like, hey, are you listening to the live feed? He's like, no. I go, okay, so this is what's happening. I explained the whole thing. He's like... Give me a second. And he, you know, puts me on hold. He comes back. He's like, somebody would have had to cut that together. I don't even know why they would do that. It's not a best of episode. These aren't particularly good episodes. It's just random shit from random pieces of the show. And so we chit-chat for a minute. He goes, oh, what's your name? I go, James Rambo. And he's like, fucking what? (laughs) Rambo? Wasn't my war. (laughs) Thank you. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Wow. And, And that was, I guess, like... 19 at that time and so i'd already had you know six seven years of just like the same stupid reference over and over again from everybody um so yeah i i get it all the time man it, it's 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 the weirdest most specific thing and it's always wrong <laughs> um like
0: a person that said um when you were watching jumanji what did uh, they say geronimo Ger-
1: yeah There's a woman watching movies movies called Jumanji game is called Jumanji. You weren't here last week. Sorry. Jumanji is said dozens, if not hundreds of times throughout the film and the scene where I'm I'm in, I'm in a, uh, I'm in the Riverdale twin uh, theater. It was like a $2 movie at the time. Um, That theater is still there. And I secretly like when I'm, when I'm a billionaire, I will buy it and I will show old movies. And I'm very excited about this plan that will never happen. Um, uh, Pack theater. Uh, everybody's watched Jumanji. It's, again, it's the name of the movie. Um, and it's the scene where the, what is it? Van Pelt has his gun on Alan and uh, the, the dice have dropped from his hand. And they're rolling down the stairs and they finally land. Oh shit. And he finally, he did it. He rolled the right number and his piece passes over the, the, the gem in the center. And it says Jumanji. And this woman behind me goes, Geronimo with the (laughs) confidence of a screenwriter she said it like she knew exactly what it was and I can't think of that movie or it's now sequel without thinking of that moment and it makes me laugh every time fucking Geronimo oh
0: my my god that's wonderful like that
1: now has anyone ever dropped a stop or my mom will shoot reference no that would be new that would definitely be a new one um, no judge
0: dread references. Like. Not
1: really much. It's it's always rocky.
0: Court adjourned. Always rocky. Yeah, every time. Yeah,
1: because they 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 think they're and they always have that sort of like you know sly smile on their face. Uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> Wherein they're like <laughs> I'm the jokes. first one to say this. Yeah, and I'm like yeah, you know, you're the first person.
0: You know the um there was a series of memes that they did um where they were replacing um. Stills from movies where people had guns in their hands, and they were replacing it with them doing thumbs up. Yes, there's one. And it's my favorite from the, the of most John Rambo movie. Of John Rambo doing that, and he's got the thumbs up. That's your profile picture on my phone for Uh-oh, your phone number, thanks, buddy. So um, I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Good times. Yeah, but yeah, man, it's it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. it's it's that scene in Game of Thrones where Tyrion is explaining the short jokes, <laughs> how every man thinks he's the first one to think of it, and they think they're so clever, and it's always like the lowest possible hanging fruit. It's just
0: yeah, over and over again. It's yeah. Always the same thing. Yeah. Um, One of the things that you mentioned when we I had you on and we were t- it was like right after the Capitals had won the uh, Stanley Cup, and you were like, "Man, like I almost wish that I could experience this." Yeah. Like, I would I would love to say you know what, I'm going to make you a Capitals fan, but here's the problem: they're going to break your heart. <laughs> and it, it was oh,
1: I know a lot of Caps fans, and what little I know about yeah. that team. And their consistency with their record, mm-hmm. every time somebody's like, oh, man, this is going to be the time. I'm like, guys, y'all no, are setting not. yourselves up for failure. No, it's not. It's, I understand yeah. that he called and he said he was
0: sorry and he even brought you flowers. Yeah. But there's a hard time of coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it was 30 years. 30 years. Because I remember going to my first time. game when I was six. It was 30 years of watching this team it's shit on me over and over and over rest. again. Now, granted, because of that, this Stanley Cup was worth Every ounce of heartache, but I can't just be like, Oh, hey, jump in now. Sure. Because you'll just be like, If they win again, you'll be like, Oh, hey, cool. Favorite hockey team now because Great. they're from DC. I'm from DC. They won again. And then you're going to think that that's how it always goes, right? <laughs> Let's just say that they do win another Stanley <laughs> Cup, right? And then for the next 20 years, they're going to suck and you're going to be like, why, why would you do this to me, Lunsford? And then we won't be friends anymore. No. So that's why I can't introduce you to sports. I'm sorry. That's okay.
1: Uh, I'm, I'll make peace with it. Okay. It, right. th- that's another thing about sports that I don't quite understand. I mean, I say this as knowing, like knowing that if you, like I'll talk about PG County all fucking day and how it's a, it's a shithole yeah. and how you should never, ever, ever go there. Um, It's not like, you know, South central in 1991, but it's just, it's a shitty place. But if you started talking about PG, I'd be like, what the fuck, Mike, you don't know yeah. what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, you do. You've heard all the things I just said yeah, and you're repeating them back. So n- even still knowing that about myself, I don't under, like I understand, but I don't understand, like, well, I'm from D.C., and this is the team from D.C., so this
0: is my team. For, uh, and I'll, I'll speak, and I'm pretty sure that Steve will echo this sentiment. For me, it's not just because they're from D.C. Sure. It's because um, you develop an emotional attachment to the team. Like, the reason why I'm a Capitals fan, and, and it's the reason why I like them more than any other sports team. My my aunt worked in the ticket office at the old Capitals Center in Landover. So I used to go with her to games. Like, I would just hang out in the ticket office, and then she would sneak me down in the second period, and I would get to go sit and watch games.
1: I live, like, five miles away from there.
0: Yeah, so you know exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. I, I used to go get to see games as a kid. I got to meet the team. And this is, like, in the 80s, like, before hockey, That's before dope, professional man. sports had, like, this insulated bubble where the, these were just dudes. Yeah. And you just got to go up and meet them. And they were just like, oh, hey, how's it going? A eh? Because they're all Canadian, right? Um, So, like... You got to meet them, so I, I developed this attachment to this team because they were they were mine. These were my guys. I mm-hmm. wanted to see them succeed, and this team, there's, this team gives back to the, um, the community. I wrote an article about it. You can read it. It's it's great. <laughs> um, but like I basically talk about this, and 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 Steve, like I know that your attachment with Pittsburgh is the same way because like I know that his mom is a uh, Steelers fan but like his grandfather was a Steelers fan and they like, they had known players and they were like friendly with them at points. Like Steve, this is all you, bud, take over.
2: Yeah. So, um, growing up, my mom's dad was a big fan and this was like the seventies Steelers, you know, steel curtain and, you know, winning all the Super Bowls and everything. And our neighbors, their neighbors across the street, when I say our, cause my mom bought the house off my grandparents. So she grew up there and that's where I grew up as well. So she had lived there the whole time. The neighbors that lived across the street they were like the the fans that um they got like the um end zone like front row season tickets and stuff back when they kind of sucked so when they you know were good they still had those tickets they got to kind of know the players a little bit and one of the most notable players for the steelers during that run was lynn swan he was a wide receiver and um years later fast forward he's retired um the Neighbors that lived across the street. I believe it was their daughter's. It was either like her college graduation party or like a wedding thing. I can't. I was very, very young at the time. I mean, I was only a couple years old at the time. Uh, But I can't remember. It was some sort of party, and they just kind of offhandedly invited Lynn Swan to come because they'd gotten kind of close with them. (laughs) And he, you know, this black car rolls up. Um, These two giant dudes get out. And then Lynn Swan gets out of the back and he just showed up at the party and he was tossing a little Nerf football around with the kids and everything. So not only do we have the the city area, the family history of loving the team, but then like having that as a, like a moment, you know, that's, that kind of endears you to it. It's kind of like if you were a young kid and you went to a comic con and you dropped your comic book and Stan Lee picks it up and hands it to you. You know what I mean? Like you just, you have that moment where you're like, wow, someone notable in this area, like I have a I have a story I have I have something I've interacted with them with, and it just links you to it. Um, I wanted to ask you Rambo. So you said that your dad was the one who really got you into like sci-fi and stuff, right? Yeah. W- what What did he get you into when you were young? Like, what did you guys start with? Um.
1: Honestly, was one it the like earliest... Star Trek or like one of the comic books? Or... Is probably Star Trek. Um, it was a lot of Next Generation, uh, and then we would just you know. As I was, as I was, you know, kind of developing it was Next Generation, and then we would just watch every series together. So, you know, from Next Generation, went to Deep Space Nine, from Deep Space Nine to Voyager, and just you know, so on down the line. To the point where, like, um, one of the, before I, I officially moved out of the house, one of the last things we were doing together was watching Enterprise, and both of us were just like, ugh, <laughs> God, this show is garbage." Um, and it was a, it was a particular bummer for both of us. We were like, oh, my quantum leap was so good. Yeah. Um, damn it, this guy back here. Yeah. Which, leap I, out of that body now. Like, I know people who are like big, big fans of Enterprise. I'm talking about you, Oliver. Um, <laughs> uh, Oliver Friendly for all your, uh, uh, eat and smile for all of your, your catering needs, uh, in the DC area. Um, nice one. <laughs> uh, Oliver Friendly, uh, owner and operator. Um, who have been, like, enterprise who they've, they've tried to pitch me I'm like, Oh yeah. But like in the second or third season, I'm like, didn't they only have like three seasons?
3: <laughs> I'm like, so <laughs> I need
1: to, do, so like skip to the end is what you're telling me. Um, and I just, you know, it didn't have enough of, um, the, I mean like Voyager, I'll, you know, it's, it's, it's a low point for the show for the, for the, the, the franchise overall, but at least it still had like the the self seriousness. See, I loved Voyager. With it, well, I haven't gone back and watched it in a while. One of my one of my more recent memories of that show is the episode with the Rock. Um, yeah, that one's,
0: that one's shit. It's, yeah. not,
1: it's not very good.
0: It's, do- um, it's dog
2: shit. It's awful.
1: But uh, it was.
2: Is that the one where they're on like the the fighting like in they're yeah. broadcasting with all the satellites? Yeah, it's it. Yeah, he's he's the alien that it, it was
1: like. Early in his acting career, that wasn't wrestling, because um, like he
0: turns around, and he does the you know he does the eyebrow and all that shit. Um, all I'm saying is, is they very easily could have fixed it if they had just played this music while The Rock was like kicking ass and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm just saying, you fix anything with this music, Which, right? Yeah,
1: you know, would also be a nice little callback. Yeah, um, but like at least with like Voyager, still it still maintained the feel of Star Trek in the same way. And you could make the argument with Enterprise, you know, it's it's supposed to be the beginning, it's supposed to, it sh- it should be something new. But even like down to the theme. The theme is like it was an actual lyrics, s- and, it's an actual song.
0: And it's shitty. And it's shitty. Um, it's got that 90s way of saying, "I'm gonna do
2: this thing when yeah, I sing like this." Oh god. Yeah,
0: it's awful. Oh, what a fucking mess. Yeah.
1: But uh, so so um Longest possible answer to your question. Um, (laughs) So yeah, definitely start with Star Trek. And like, my dad was not a guy who ever went to the movies. It's not a thing he did. Um, To quote Dana Rambo, "Why the fuck would I go to a movie where I can't pause if I need to take a piss and I can't have a beer?" Um, So say that to say we went and saw each of the three Lord of the Rings movies because he read them when he was in high school, and it was a big deal for him. And then we could share that. Uh, He and I both read. Uh, all three i think now four of um thomas harris's uh silence of the lambs books um you know we were at red dragon silence of the lambs and then hannibal and so when hannibal came out we went and saw it nice um so there were a couple things like that where he would make exceptions for like shit he just didn't want to do and like when we went and saw the the lord of the rings stuff I snuck a beer in for him. So, and and like, I didn't even tell him I was going to do it. So we sit down and I just hand him the can and it's just like, Oh, awesome. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, it was, yeah, it it definitely started with Star Trek, but it, you know, my now love for Westerns came from his love and like determination to get me to love him when I was a kid and I just couldn't care less. Um, but it's something that definitely developed over time and, and it, 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 sank in whether or not he knew it at the time
0: yeah um i wanted to ask you as well um we've we've sung your praises before and i'll do it again you're an awesome artist thank you sir how how did that start is it been something that you've always been interested in because i I know um some people who've been doodling or sketching since they were little and they like oh you're so talented and they just have always done it's just part of who they are yeah, Is that essentially the same for you or has it just been something that has just like a skill? You've just grown it and refined it and it's, it's become something that you wanted to do as opposed to just something that you've always done.
1: It's it's definitely something I've always done. Like I've, I've been drawing since I could pick up a pencil. Um, and when I was probably like 13 or 14, maybe a little younger, um, I can remember uh, at the time for the first time seeing my mom draw. And do like portraits of like my older sister or um, just other family members, and just being like, oh, wh- why don't you do this all the time? Um, just like, eh, you know, whatever, it's not a big deal. And but it's just, like these just gorgeous drawings um, in uh, in graphite and stuff of just you know, just again like family members, and and it was just it wasn't you know. It was more traditional drawing. It was more just like, you know, uh, having people sit for a likeness or or drawing from a photograph. Um, But for me, it's always been a creative outlet and it's always been something, you know, that I could do... um, Something particularly... I I, I could do particularly well. Um, uh, I I think I'm good, not great, but it's something that I, I have an affinity for and I have... You know, a bit of uh, a natural talent, you know, it might be a genetic thing with her because um, I I got my dad's um, desire for precision with regard to uh, like, you know, measure twice, cut once. But for whatever reason, it is. N- I did not pick up his actual precision. Uh, my father did construction uh, since he was about 15 years old. Yeah, uh, he dropped out of school when he was in the eighth grade. Um, and my grandfather, uh, Jack Rambo was like, All right, well, you can go to school or you can go to work. It's really up to you. And Dad was like, I'm gonna go to work. I'm gonna go build things. And he's like, Is 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 a bad idea. I should not have done that. <laughs> yeah. Um But I, I distinctly remember this is totally off, off track. But yeah. uh my mom was a very crafty lady. She would build a lot of things with her hands and, you know, make a lot of well-meaning but not well-constructed craft projects and things and she was sitting down making a birdhouse once uh, and I can't remember exactly how but I can't remember if my dad like commented about it or, or what and, and she, she was like Dana you should sit down and do one too it'll be fun You know, we just, it's a thing we can do together and he's like ah fuck it why not so he comes over and he sits down and he starts pu- pulling popsicle sticks out of this box and he's, and he's he's holding him and he's looking him looking down like the, the the length of the stick and she's like what are you doing he's like I'm choosing lumber and she laughed and it's like it's so oh it's so silly that he would do this and within a half an hour my father had constructed this really super precise uh, uh, miniature house um, with like joists and <laughs> like it was it was beautiful and yeah. she's just f- cursing up a storm like she's so fucking mad that and like she's looking at his and looking at hers <laughs> and hers is all crooked and it's like all the all the popsicle sticks are just weird and warped that's because yeah. like well yeah you sat down with a master craftsman to do a thing in miniature it's still the thing he does yeah um but uh uh yeah it, it's just a distinct memory i have of the two of them together anyway um no, I, I've been drawing for as long as I can remember, and there was a, a brief period when I was, like, in my early teens where I was like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and I would just stop for a while, and then when I came back, um, I was it, – it's it, it's something that – a piece of advice that I give to anybody who's like, oh, I used to draw, but I haven't done it in years. You're, you've are you gotten better. Um, this idea that, you know, oh, well, I've lost it. This is not like playing basketball, where if you don't keep on it for a couple of years, you know you're going to lose all your ability. You're still observing the world, you're still picking things up, you know, and it's still processing through your filter. It's just a matter of you have been you haven't turned on the output. Um, are you going to be as good as you would have been had you kept doing it? No, but that doesn't mean you've lost your ability. Um, and so when I came back to art, it was, you know. My perspective was a little different, um, and my ability had changed, but uh, it was—I was still, you know, I still—I I was able to rekindle that passion for it, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. Like, and we we kind of talked about that earlier, where I was saying like I wanted to do this thing, you know, I wanted to be creative, I wanted to be a, a radio DJ, and then I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. And luckily, I had a good friend who was like, "Hey, why don't we talk on microphones about dumb shit?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure, yeah." Um, yeah. And it, it, it's funny too, actually, cause I can tie this together with something that Steve told me one time, a story that he told, um, that, uh, his dad's an electrical engineer Okay. and they had mission impossible for the original Nintendo. <laughs> oh man. Steve, this is your story, bud. Go, it's all yours.
2: Oh yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. It, to use a phrase that you like back in the halcyon days of the <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> entertainment system, um, you know, I mean, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have, uh, you know, cheat codes and all the stuff that you normally have, and I don't know, did you, did you ever play the Mission Impossible game for the NES? I
1: think I know where this is going. Isn't there a thing where, like, you have to like, build a bomb or dismantle a bomb, and there's like, electrical layouts that you have to construct? I feel like I've I have played it, like, many, many years ago.
0: Well, it's, it's more I, so, like, it was original NES, so no. It was just, like, little blobs and stuff, and there they was supposed yeah, to be your is, IMF agents. There was know. only
2: six levels. It was, like, ridiculously difficult, um, and we didn't have any, like, means of getting past, basically, the first level with how old we were. We were, like, mid, you know, elementary school age. Yeah, so. Um And we are just getting frustrated with it. And so the one night, like, my dad being an electrical engineer and, like, very good with computers and time and everything, he basically just ran the, you know, game through the computer and got every – and basically ran every single combination of of the um, – because, like, you know, you didn't have save states. So if you were – saving your game what they did is they gave you a code yeah. you know what i mean you put the just like Mega Man or whatever and then you know, here's the you code that and you can yeah. skip to this level because that's where you left off or whatever this is where you died at um and he just ran every possible combination of of characters through the computer simulation of it and he's like oh, i woke up in the morning and like here here's all the codes and i was like this is the coolest thing like you don't like you don't understand how amazing this is and he just blew my freaking mind <laughs> that's fantastic
0: that is that is awesome it's, it's kind of cool how we become in a way our parents like i um i i got told early on when i was young that i was a good writer and nobody ever really said anything to me about it like my parents like where it came from you know like oh well i was a writer or, i was really good at writing or whatever right nobody ever said anything to me about it i just it was just something i did mm-hmm. and i just kept doing it And, like, you know, I've written comic books, written books, written for Yahoo for a while. Um, After my mom passed away, we found this just giant box of her shit. And in going through it, I found these poems that she wrote that were funny as shit. And I was like, why have I never seen these before? And I was like, why didn't she share this with me? Like, why didn't she talk to me about this? Um, But, like, also just, like, things that you wouldn't know about your parents, like... um, we found a note from when she was in high school where she got detention. She went to Oxen Hill High School in, uh, in Oxen Hill, Maryland. Um, and she had gotten detention because she was skipping class with a friend of hers named Mike and the, 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 the detention note actually says exactly why she's, she, she got it. You know, Susan has gotten detention because when we asked her why she wasn't in Mr. Johnson's class, she laughed and she said, because Mr. Johnson's a queer. <laughs> and, like, she's I so died crazy. laughing. I was like, where was this sense of humor when I was a kid? I was like... <laughs> And like I could even picture my mom like saying it like, ha, hey, he's a queer." Like it just like it, it was cuz fuck
1: that guy. Yeah, that's why. Exactly. <laughs> it was
0: just like these things that you learn about your parents that kind of like make you understand yourself a little bit better sure. is kind of crazy. And like my dad my dad has been a service advisor. So basically like works on cars, but like is the guy who tells the mechanics, "Hey, this is the stuff you need to do." Started as a mechanic. He is a a jack of all trades, master of nothing. Like there's not one thing that I would say that he knows a hundred percent, but he knows how to do just about everything. Yeah. So like, if a dryer breaks, I know how to do that because we've fixed a dryer before. If the water, like, I knew at nine years old, if a water pipe bursts in the house, where to go to shut off the water valve. Like, we've fixed lawnmowers. I, I just, it's just something that I know how to do now because he knew how to do everything. If there's a bunch of random ingredients in the house, I can make dinner because like he was just he was a master of improv. Like it was like well, what are we going to have for dinner? Eh, I'll figure something out. And he would just throw some shit together and you're just like, eh, here's dinner. And you're just like, well, this is actually good. How did you manage to do this? This is amazing. And it's just cool how we've all kind of basically like at one point or another basically stated how we've taken things from what our parents were and made them into what we are.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it, it's not nature or nurture. It's a combination of it's the both, two. Yeah. Um, and being able to see how much of um, my parents is is able to live on in me um, because both of them are are past uh, is really cool. And and I, I appreciate, you know, how much of themselves is, is still around. Um, There's, there's like, I, it's funny. So my little sister Looks remarkably like my father, and I look remarkably like my mom. Um, and like beard and everything. Oh, yeah, she okay. had a really thick, she's like a dwarf. Okay. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> um, it's funny that you say that. My fa- the Rambo side of the family cannot grow facial hair to save their fucking lives, really. But the Miller side of the family, <laughs> it, my mom's side of the family is very much They're like, yeah, they're, they're her suit folks. Um, so you did, in fact, so get your beard from my your beard mom, from my mom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's you know, after they both died, it's been, you know, particularly tough um, as time's gone by. And it's nice to be able to be reminded of things like having appreciation, you know, Justified, the, the, the show, me and you both really like Mike. Yeah. I would not have that appreciation if not for my father, if not for, you yeah. know knowing how important westerns are and and it it, pop culture helped me to better understand my dad yeah um because dana rambo would cry at the drop of a hat he would burst into tears over like he was like the most sentimental man but he was also you know this very kind of a you know he tried to pitch himself as this like stoic you know uh hero figure like uh he was trying to be a cowboy when he was this dude who had like you know the, the the soul of an artist he's a guy who was like really uh sensitive and um had a lot of demons that he battled through his life you know is his alcoholism was a big part of that um and it was it was actually something I said at his um at his funeral was you know he was someone who was um Really sweet and really sensitive, but he definitely tried to pitch himself as he, he was—he was always trying to be um, more of a cowboy. He was this quiet, kind of stoic figure. I was like, that wasn't who he was at all. It was just the yeah. kind of thing that he, asp- he 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 um aspired toward.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I can I, and we've we talked about this last week where being genuine to who you are yeah is is so it's such a relief. Because yeah, God, yeah, yeah. Like when like it took me a long time to not want to be because I mean, who doesn't want to be the stoic cowboy? Especially, I mean, I was in the army. Like my dad is like a huge John Wayne fan. He's not big on communication, so that's kind of what I thought I was supposed to be. And then realizing that like he's the same one that like he was a like he would go deer hunting, and like I remember specifically like we were home watching the movie Bambi, and he came home with a deer on the truck, <laughs> like, and like everybody's like, oh, "You killed Bambi's mom!" Like. But my dad was was the same person who would would cry at a movie too like he's he's an emotional person, and like it's it's all a facade, you know, and sure it's, it's it's neat learning that like like I said before, you know like these are the people who we we learned from, and as much as you try to be your own person, you end up being a lot like them anyways,
1: yeah, good or bad, I mean yeah. there's definitely habits that I've picked up from my parents that you know yeah. aren't the best um I know the way that I eat is something that I, I was taught. I'm not trying to put the blame on them. Like, it's my responsibility uh, for having, having maintained those habits. Yeah. But, you know, we grew up poor and we didn't have a lot of money. So you would buy, you know, oh, why are poor people so fat? Well, because cheap food lasts longer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because things with preservatives mean you don't have to go to the grocery store once a week. Um, or it's literally the
2: definition of preserve liver- literally
1: yeah. the definite preserve of preservatives. I am still amazed. To this day, yeah. how quickly fresh bread molds—like yeah. it seems like black magic, like I've been cursed <laughs> by a witch—and um, it's like, well, yeah, because and, I'm used that to that. And
0: fruit and vegetables, dude,
1: yeah, it's fucking crazy how quickly that stuff goes bad. And I'm like, people just buy this shit all the time. <laughs> Where do you have the time or the money to go do
0: that? I'm, like, I'm with you, man. I'm by the
2: you. time you get home, yeah. it's bad. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's it's funny. Like you that's... have to eat your kale in the car as you're driving home. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I my
1: my appreciation for food and my lear- my joy of cooking i picked up from my dad um and that carried over into uh or rather rather uh, um no yeah that that led to you know my father did almost all the grocery shopping in the house and getting to go grocery shopping with my dad was a big fucking deal yeah. because you know he wasn't a guy who had a lot of time to spare and so he tried to be as efficient as possible. But it would take, you know, anywhere from a half hour to forty five minutes to buy, you know, two weeks worth of groceries for a family of, you know, five people. Yeah. Um, so Katie, my girlfriend, cannot stand going grocery shopping. And for me, it, it holds a really special place in my heart because this is time I would spend with my father. Yeah. Um I get it. So being able to to take the time and like really explore the grocery store is a big deal for me. Yeah. I hear you.
0: Um we've gotten into some heavy stuff, man. Yeah. Um not that it's, there's nothing wrong with it, but we we have. And it's it's part of getting to know people. And that's that's I'm glad that we we have done it. I do want to lighten it up a little bit though. Okay. Let's um, do that. So, as I play like quite possibly one of the most depressing movie theme songs ever. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was expecting Never Ending Story to just explode onto the scene yeah. for some reason, so, but I i guess not.
1: Oh, God. So I listened to the audiobook of yeah. Neverending Story not too long ago. Yeah. First of all, not a great listen. Second of <laughs> all, um, you know what makes that scene in Swamps of Sadness worse what? in the book? What? Artax can speak. So the whole time he's like, no, Atrea, you just leave me. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I can go on. You should just abandon me. No, it's okay. I understand, friend. He's like, no, dude, get up. You got to keep going. He's like... No, I'm just too sad. I don't feel like I can continue.
3: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, it is fucking depressing. Oh, um, my God. That's awful. In a weird coincidence and really quickly, uh, Steve, the thing that I was thinking of with the electronic relays, and it's funny that this is the theme playing, the Terminator 2 Game Boy game, one of the first things you have to do is your Kyle Reese. Oh. In the future. Yeah, we need to re. You have yeah. to reprogram the T eight hundred. No way! And it's literally like there. You
2: had like the, the it was almost like a little mouse that was like little like the pliers or something, uh-huh. right? And you had to
1: go through and reset the electronic relays to, so that the actual so that the, the, the like the circuit boards would function. <laughs>
2: yeah, wow! And it's and and, yeah. and like apparently
1: it was one of those things where it was like it was timed, and if you hit pause, the pause screen would cover up. The the, the the relays so you didn't have time to look at it. Um, I remember reading about that in Nintendo Power Magazine. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I just looked it up God, on, uh, old. on my pocket supercomputer. Get the power. Nintendo
2: Power. Oh, yeah.
0: I wanted to, to lighten the mood a little bit here. Uh, one of the things that we always do, and we did this with uh, with MC Brooks last week, um, when we're talking about a new contributor to GGR, one of the things that we do we talk about music, because music, about music binds us in a way that I can't even describe. So, I told you about what we were going to be talking about here. You did. So, I want to give you the top five. I'll give you mine, Steve will give you his, and then we're going to talk about yours. Okay. So, um, you know, actually, Steve, because you weren't on last week, buddy, I'm pretty sure that I got them all. It was Newfound Found Glory. Um, it was Metallica. It was... Um, Foreigner. It was Dream Theater, and the fifth one. This is gonna kill me because I'm not remembering which one it is. Ah, Jimmy World.
2: Oh, so close. Oh, four oh. out of five. Oh, what four did I, I miss? Four out of five. What did I miss? Foreigner. I love Foreigner. I. They're just not a top five. Coheed okay. and Cambria.
1: Damn it! That's right. Oh,
0: yeah, because yeah, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, Marcus was talking about that. Yeah, and
0: Marcus shows them too. Yeah, like um. So that's his five. Uh, We'll start with... What can we play a little bit of? I just love this song. Like, Unpopular opinion. First Terminator movie, better than the second one.
1: That's a bold statement.
0: I like the second one a lot, but I think the first one's a better movie.
1: I'll agree with that. I think it's a better movie. I like the second one more, but I think the first one's a better made film. Yeah. Uh, In terms of like... The second one is more sort of a showcase of, like, being an action-y action movie. It's funny because Cameron did both, and he didn't do Alien and, and Aliens. He only did Aliens. Yeah. But there's a lot of similarities in terms of the kind of thing that's being done in Alien and the kind of thing that's being done in Terminator versus the kind of thing that's being done in Aliens and the kind of thing that's being done in T. 2
0: Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally get that. So we'll start this off. With one of Steve's bands, Coheat
2: and Cambria, um, and probably would like the best song that they've done too. Oh yeah, this is such an awesome song.
0: Um, Mr. Rambo, you have professed on this show your love of rock. I do love the rocks, the rock music. Your love of rap. I like some rap music, yeah. But more importantly, your love of female singers. I cannot wait for this oh, yeah. list because I feel like I'm not, I'm going to have no idea. Like with There's Marcus, so Marcus gave me a couple and I was just <laughs> like, okay, I kind of see where he's going with this. But like, I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea where you're going to go. It could be Metallica. It could be Taylor Swift. It could be none of those things. It could be Katrina and the Waves. I have no fucking idea and I'm I so excited. I really
1: do like, uh, what is it? Um, the Metallica? And who else Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Um uh Shake It Off is one of my favorite songs. Um... Let's see. I don't know, man. Like top five lists always make me nervous. Uh,
0: um, There's no, there, there really is no so, all right. pressure here. I'll, I'll, I'll make you comfortable. You ready?
2: There you go, man. You queued that up instantly. I'm on it, man. Um, Mike, can you get on YouTube? There's a Dream Theater "Shake It Off" mashup. So what? It's like the, it's her singing in the lyrics, but it's Dream Theater. Uh, I think it's Panic Attack. Hold on. Uh, bu- 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 yeah, yeah, continue talking. I will find it. So, I think I just right. found it.
0: Shaking um, inside. Yep, so also- that's
2: it. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> the enemy inside. The enemy inside. Plus, shake it off. Well,
0: let's let's play it. Let's cue it up.
2: Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> really loud. Just wait till the chorus hits. But anyway, go on. Go this on. This
1: feels like the Slipknot Justin Bieber matchup. <laughs> which is that one's good. You know, Steve so you knows what I'm talking
0: about. When we're when we're doing this full full staff, where it's going to be me. You, MC Brooks and Steve. When it's all four of us, that's going to be part of our show. Like I have like a lineup of like what we're going to talk. We're going to do geek sheets every week. We're going to do um, don't watch shitty media by don't, James Rambo, and you give us some Shady good media. shows to watch. MC Brooks is going to have the mashup of the week. That sounds awesome. We got a whole thing going on. It's going to be awesome. awesome.
1: Yeah. All right. So it this may go over five. and maybe I might may have trouble finding not Do as many so, as, as you right, got, man. All right. So I'll start off with like. Um. The band that I, is the most significant to me, and I honestly, I feel like a shitty fan saying this because I don't know if they've released any new music in the last, like, 10 or 15 years, uh, Everclear. Everclear is a band that it's one of the few, one of the few times, like, I'm not a guy who listens to lyrics terribly deeply. Um, if it sounds good, I like it.
0: I'm, I'm pausing Taylor Swift because i got to go into Everclear. All right. Um, um, we'll come back to that that mashup. That'll be the mashup of the week.
1: Feel free to cue up Temple oh, uh, oh, Smile or Normal Like You or um, uh, mm-hmm. El Distorto de, la, de Melodica uh, which is also a great um, instrumental song from them. Um, but Everclear is one of the first bands that I listened to and really listened to the lyrics. And... Yes. Ah, oh, fucking Santa Mock is great. Um being the son of a manic-depressive mother and an alcoholic father, Arlech Sakis was writing songs to me. He was writing songs about my experience. Um, so, you know, my, my relationship with my dad was a lot better than his was, um, but my relationship with my mom seems very much in line with his. Yeah. Um, and so, like, there's two songs. Um, like, this song right now is called uh, Normal Like You, and it's, it's about you know being depressed it's about depression and how that affects you and you know how important is it that you fall in line with the average perception of the way a healthy mind works um and what does that mean to struggle with that and prozac doesn't do it for me anymore um I mean, chemical smile is, is another great example of that same kind of thing where, um, like it sounds it's, you know, it's seemingly happiness, but it's all chemical induced, um, and not in like a, a, a way that it's a choice. Um, so, you know, I've never met the man. Uh, I feel like I'd probably burst into tears talking to him if it did, uh, but, uh, yeah. Oh, and I like your
2: music so much. It's, oh, God. God. You
1: wrote uh, that whole album. Oh, God. So much for the Afterglow speaks to me. Um, <laughs> I, I had it on cassette, and I would play it front to back while I did dishes uh, at my parents' place. Um, so, yeah, Everclear yeah. is definitely in that list. Yeah. Um,
0: and, by the way, like when, once you mention, like, Steve and I will both comment on, judge you on your music. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Go I right loved, ahead. I loved this album. As well, oh, God. I, we we we've shared. Um, is it cool if I talk about our conversation we had on yeah, Facebook sure. Messenger? Okay, so Rambo and I both share a trait with our our mothers; like they both are had mental health issues, and it was something like we kind of connected on. Um, this album spoke to me because, like, my mom forced me to be on Prozac when I was like 15, Jesus. because I was depressed, and then I might have been, but like she forced me to do it. Either do this, or you—I'm kicking you out of the house. And it was actually why I moved in with my dad, like after he left and um, moved out. But like, yeah, like it's yeah, this album was was totally spoke to me.
1: Yeah, man, it's it's just a guy being really honest about his experiences, and it happens to coincide with mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Everclear is is very much on that list. Um, It's not something I listen to a lot. But it, it's definitely the, the music that has the greatest significance to me. Um, as far as something I, that it will always just be on whatever playlist I have, Bush. I, nice. Bush is, is one of... I, I'm a child of the 90s. Uh, I graduated high school in 2002. Um, I saw Bush last year, I think. Last year at the Fairfax Festival. They were, they were headlining the Fairfax Festival. And it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Gavin Rossdale is still gorgeous. <laughs> Second of all, um, I went with my buddy Elvin and he had never seen them live. I'd seen them live once before at HF Festival 1999, um, which was my first concert. And it had like all of my favorite bands at the time. Yeah. Everclear was there. Bush was there. Uh, fucking Buck Cherry was there. Um, and... Being a child of the 90s and a white boy that grew up in the hood, um, I also love me some new metal. Uh, and Limp Bizkit was, was headliner of the, of the HF Festival that year. Um, oh, my God.
2: Yeah, yeah. Swear! I was sleeve. expecting you to say Kid Rock, but when you said Limp Bizkit, it got even better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I dude, I had Kid Rock's first album. I really dug Devil,
2: it. Devil
0: Without a Cause? Yeah. Uh, guilty? Yeah. Yes. Uh, absolutely. And let me tell you um, right now, Okay as a dude who served in the military if you're going if you're overseas and you got to do some shit you play american badass like you're going to be you're going to be stopping some terrorists <laughs> all right like i don't know i'm not going to go into detail i'm just going to say like we were protecting freedom yeah goddamn God right damn it <laughs> but i mean it's one of
1: those things like you know i and this goes back to just sort of my um, general philosophy about things yeah um like what you like, man. It's it's the fucking world's on fire. There's a horrible asshole in the White House. You know just if you find joy in a thing, enjoy it. Um
0: Yeah, enough of this like pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. Right, nonsense. Guess,
1: oh pumpkin spice bullshit. Who cares? It's okay if you don't like it, but shut the fuck up. If nobody asks for your opinion,
0: Don't voice it. It's not necessary. Yeah, and not only that, Dunkin' Donuts has pumpkin spice donuts. They're delicious. Those
1: sound fantastic. They are. They're pretty great. Um, and yeah, like nobody's nobody's putting a gun to your head and making you buy pumpkin spice frosted flakes. I'm 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 picturing that right now. Or you know, you buy the pumpkin spice right now. Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. This goes for, for remakes on movies. and so, I know I'll bitch about it too. Like there's been a Monster Squad remake that's been kicking around for years now. And every time I hear about it, I'm like, uh, I don't want that to happen. Um, but you know what? You if just, it does, you let it go. If, if it happens and it's bad, guess what I won't do? Watch it again. Yeah. That's that. They, also, remade,
0: they remade The Karate Kid. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I just never watched it because I didn't care. Because I was you like, go, you're man. not going to mess up Daniel LaRusso for me.
1: There you go. And it's, you know what? It might be an awesome flick. I've never seen it. But you don't have to deal with it. You're not required to. Um, but yeah, um, I am not typically a, you know, listen to an entire album guy. There's yeah. two albums I can think of off the top of my head where I can listen to them front to back. One of them is 16 Stone, which I think is Bush's second or third album. It's
0: their first, as far as I Is remember. it their first? Son yeah. of a bitch. Came out, of, came out uh, swinging strong. Dude, what was crazy is is like two bands they're similar to guns and roses in the sense that like they just created one day they were like hey you guys want to be in a band and they were like okay it's not one of those things where it was like oh we we paid our dues in the garage and stuff like that they were just like let's be a band and then like within the same year they'd put out the album and it was blowing the fuck up no shit like yeah like this this album 16 stone they were just like oh hey look at this guy gavin rostell man that's a handsome dude can he sing yeah, you can sing, motherfucker! Damn, let's get some dudes to back him up. All right, we got some dudes to back him up. They're all British too, even fucking better. All the better, and then gold records, just like just throwing and panties, just being thrown at them. <laughs> the,
1: when, the first time I saw them in concert um, at H Festival, a friend of mine insists he was drunk. Um, not my friend uh, Madeline, but Rossdale himself, because everybody had because it was it's such a big show, such a big show. Everybody had about forty-five minutes to an hour for the set. Yeah, and so he would—they'd finish their set, and he would hold his hands up like, "Wait, wait!" And then he'd walk off stage, and he'd be off stage for like two minutes, and he'd come back out with his arms raised high, like, "Yes, exalt me, for we will play three more songs." <laughs> and he did this like four times. Yeah, <laughs> and he was like spitting the entire time. Um, and she, but yeah, my friend Madeline is—he's is like, no, he was no 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 not Madeline. Um, my friend Jen. Uh, is insistent he was he was just drunk as can be the entire probably, time probably yeah um, who gives a shit it was an amazing shit right yeah um, yeah it's just, it just it's a band that I can listen to over and over again and I just enjoy the shit out of them so we got Everclear we got Everclear we got Bush Yeah got Bush um, there's yeah I can definitely do Fuzz. Um Foo Fighters fighters are a band like there's not one particular album if you must um, there's there's Dave Grohl uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember oh I know exactly who said it so I remember talking to a friend of mine about Dave Grohl and how he seems to be like if 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 we'll use the, like the d or, or just RPG gaming in general metaphor of Dave Grohl has more stat points than anybody else does um like how did he manage to pull off being a really great singer and songwriter and guitarist and drummer
0: and be an amazing dude
1: and just being like an awesome dude like he he he's it's overbalanced and my friend Katie uh Katie Tantillo who's one of the funniest people I've ever met uh said oh he just took all of Kurtz when he died
0: (laughs) Uh, um we we had I had a theory for a while that um you know the scene in uh, the Transformers animated movie when I've Optimus Prime like when Optimus Prime dies and he has to give up the Matrix of sure, Command. I remember that. And then Rodimus Prime gets it. Sure. Optimus is Kurt Cobain, and Rodimus Optimus Prime is, 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 is Dave Grohl. Like that, it, he sure. passed him the, the Matrix of Rock. He handed over the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was very yeah, very I'll, similar. I'll take that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. But yeah, like one of my favorite songs is "Hey Johnny Park." That's just an awesome song. Ah, that is a song. good song, yeah. Um, which apparently the title is Johnny Park was a kid that lived next door to Dave Grohl when he when he was a kid, and they were good friends, and he just hasn't heard from him in years. So he's like, fuck it, I'll, I'll title a song after him, and maybe he'll get back in, back in touch with me. Yeah. So it's literally like, hey, Johnny Park. <laughs> it's like him waving across the years, like, let's let's hook up again and be friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, Foo Fighters... Like I said, I don't listen to a lot of lyrics particularly deeply. Um, I am a guy who will, with regard to like visual metaphors and things, if it's the more subtle thing, I'll pick up on it immediately and be like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. If it's like the most obvious thing in the world, it'll pass right by me. Really? Um, the One of the better examples of the former is, have you watched the first season of
0: Fargo? Yes. Yeah. I've seen... Uh, the only one I haven't seen is the Ewan McGregor one. So, um, spoilers for the first season of Fargo for anyone who hasn't seen it. Oh, it's like four years old, man. It's, Come yeah, on. You, yeah, I mean,
1: just, I, I, I will be the person who gives the forewarning. Okay. Um, so, Billy Bob Thornton is the bad guy in the first season of Fargo. Uh, and among the many plot threads that go on throughout that series are one between him and Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks is this, you know, small-town cop. Uh, who early on pulls Billy Bob Thornton over, uh, realizes that he has a really dangerous guy uh, uh, in the moment in his possession, and is completely intimidated by Thornton yeah. uh, and made to be just a chump. Um, the line that Thornton has is something along the lines of, um, they, you know, they used to, when they would make maps, they used to draw on certain places, here there be dragons. And they don't do that anymore. But the dragons are still there. And he just stares him down. He's like, you're going to let me go. And he does. Hanks lets him go. And because of that, several more people die. And so it's this thing that it might be in the first or second episode. It's um, It's early. Yeah. It's this thing that follows Colin Hanks throughout the entire season of like, this is my responsibility. It's my fault that this happened. Um, so toward the end of the, the season, probably the last episode uh, there's a scene where Colin Hanks' his car breaks down, uh, or he like blows a tire or something, and he's like, you know, not in the middle of the woods, but he's you know he's he's well into the wilderness on a road, and he is you know feeling kind of desperate and you know, uh, uh, you know, masculinity is not at an all time high, and he looks around and he sees this wolf, and he freezes, and in the moment you're like, oh yeah, that's Billy Bob Thornton, that's you know it's it's the ever present threat. It is nature, and it is um, uh, 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 its power, and it is terror, and it's it's there, and it's not you can't escape it. And so, toward the end of the episode, uh, you know, it happens that Colin Hanks is near Thornton's. It's one of the ways that it ties into the movie is the shack that Billy Bob Thornton goes to when things go wrong in the in the series is. It's the same shack that Steve Buscemi and Peter Stormare go to,
0: and the wood chipper, yeah,
1: and the wood chipper, yeah, yeah. um, and Thornton is you know th- things aren't going really well for him, and it's th- sort of the it's it's a um, it's the end of his arc where he's super powerful, but by the end of the and in series or end of the first season, he has lost all of his power, and I think he might be actually wounded at the time, but I'm not sure. Yeah, he but is, he's yeah. he's sitting on this couch and he's in front of the, this plate glass window and he looks. And he sees a wolf, and the wolf walks across, and it stops, and it looks at him, and then it walks past. And then the camera cuts, and we see Colin Hanks standing behind Billy Bob Thornton with his gun to his head. And you're like, oh, shit! No! Thornton isn't the wolf! Hanks is the wolf! He's the one who has power! And so, like, it inspires him, and he's the one who's the major threat. And I watched that with, with my girlfriend and one of our best friends. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, and I explained the metaphor. And they're yeah. like, that is really cool. How the fuck did you pick up on that? And I was like, I don't know. You didn't <laughs>
0: just, you didn't get the obvious it's, metaphors, it's, but it's just
1: a thing. Yeah. But you know, things that, that are that are seemingly really clear to everybody else. I'm just yeah. like,
0: oh, well, what's okay. funny? What's funny about Dave Grohl, and I'm gonna play the song, um, All My Life, right? it's a fucking great rock riff, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, the, the Foo Fighters are one of my favorites. Like, they're with Nirvana. Nirvana's 1A, and then the Foo Fighters are 1B. Because you can't have the Foo Fighters without having Nirvana. Sure. So, yeah. Okay. But.
1: I love Oasis, but I can't stand the Beatles. Oh, well, then you are an asshole. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> all My Life, it's not about what Grohl said it was about. But somebody asked him, he was like, uh, there's some theories online that this song is about cunnilingus. And he was like, "Yeah, totally is, yeah, and like, yeah, and just and that was it. Yeah, because it's like you know, um, uh, just a delicate wrist. And if I give it a twist, you know, hey, I'm, don't put it to waste. I love it, but I hate the taste. Like, <laughs> he, he, it's, it's a little on the nose. Some, yeah, and that's what somebody was saying, and he was just like, he's like, what are you stupid? No, sure. like,
1: yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite rock riffs. Yeah. Period is it's not from Food Fighters, but it is a Dave Grohl riff. Yeah." And it's the, um, the I think it's the hook uh, for um, uh, Shake Your Blood by Probot. Dude, Probot. Oh, that's such a good, that is such a good project. Like, that album overall, I'm like, I'm eh on. But the songs I like on it, I really fucking like. And Shake
0: Your Blood. With is fantastic. Lemmy? To, with fucking Lemmy? You mean this song right oh, here? God.
1: Bah, bah,
3: bah, 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 bah. Oh, God.
1: Do so you have, okay.
0: Good. So when Probot, when this project came out, they were selling merch, right? And I got a probot hoodie. I got so much ass because of that probot hoodie. <laughs> like girls were like girls were like, oh, you like probot? And they were like metal girls too. And metal girls, hot. Oh, okay. Dude, have you seen the video for Shake Your Blood? Yes. The video for Shake Your Blood,
1: for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, and I'm gonna get as as dude as you can get. It is Lemmy, uh Dave Grohl playing drum. Lemmy playing playing uh bass, I think. Bass, yeah. Um, Uh, Dave Roll playing drums and some guitarist playing guitar. Yeah. Uh, they're on a circular platform in the center of a room, and surrounding them are suicide girls who are in various states of undress. Yup. And all they're doing is like making out and hanging out and like doing like fire eating and shit, and it's fucking amazing. (laughs) It's such a a Lemmy. It's such a Lemmy
0: video. One of
1: your fantasies and just (laughs) put it on film. I'm like, okay, let's do that. Um,. Yeah, it's... Oh, God, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh,
0: agreed. Agreed. But, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, and it's such a it, it's such a dude. You can just tell, oh, like... Oh, very much so. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. They um, like, ask Lemmy. They're like, what do you want to do? He's like, all right, so this is what I want. I want <laughs> Dave Grohl, me, on stage, and I want a bunch of really hot, like, metal chicks. Like, you know, those... Super you know, those, hot those, women. Those, <laughs> super hot women, right? And I want them just, like, eating fire and making out and, like maybe one of them is like eating a corn dog. I don't even care. Just just make it happen. And you're just like, "Fuck yeah, let me." Okay. And
1: it's like one of my favorite things in the video is the very last shot because the last shot of the video is a crane shot of the camera passing over the stage just as the song ends. Yeah. And it's Dave Grohl look up at the camera spinning his drumsticks like, "This is fucking awesome." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. ProBot is Dave Grohl's Harlem Knights. Yeah, do you get what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Fucking Eddie Murphy got to make Harlem Knights, and he's like, I am rich enough, and I am a big enough name that I can make the movie I want with all of my comedy heroes, and I will be the lead, and I will direct it, and, and I will write it. Yeah,
0: Dave Grohl was like, all of these guys that I loved growing up as as metal artists, I want to work with them. Mm-hmm. And he just went to them, and he was like, I wrote these songs, you guys want to do them? And Lemmy, and Lemmy was like, fuck yeah. And everybody yeah. else was like, fuck yeah, we want to yep. do this. Yeah, it, it was such a cool project yeah it's fantastic yeah
1: um, and like like I said I'm not huge on every song yeah. but the songs I like I love yeah. and it's really cool to see someone who is that passionate about stuff really get to like play and have fun
0: yeah um, in my in my pantheon of, of heroes that I get to meet I got to meet Cal Ripken Jr which that made 12 year old Mike like just pee his pants with excitement so that was awesome I got to meet Dave Grohl once I meet Grohl I'm good. Nice. Like he's, so listen to this shit, right? So David rolls from Northern Virginia, right? Yes, from Annandale. I worked for Fairfax County parks for a while. Right. And a buddy of mine worked at Lake Akatank. I worked at one of the uh, rec centers. Right. And he was like, dude, you got to come over here. And I was like, I'm I'm busy right now. And he's like, all right, fine. He just hung up the phone, like pissed off. And I was like, what the hell was that all about? I go back to my job because I'm busy. Right. I, I go over there to, like, hang out with him because we're going to go out and, like, drink later, right? So I go over to Lake Acting. He's got a Polaroid of him and Dave Grohl because Dave Grohl came and rented a friggin', like, paddle boat. <laughs> and he's like, you missed Dave Grohl in a paddle boat. And I'm like, I, I'm like, You couldn't give me no. some fucking context? I'm, I'm like, no. <laughs> what? what? Oh. Like, it was, I was so upset because I could have gotten to meet Dave Grohl. And then, like, every boy's dream, go on a paddle boat with Dave Grohl. I, I mean, you, you know, know I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not made of stone. I've thought about it.
1: <laughs> when you're oh. alone it's late at night you know you have those oh, David those yeah. growl paddle boat fantasies yeah. you know the, the, the thoughts that it's always there
0: and it's not even like dirty it's not, I just want to just hang out with him and like we're singing like Rainbow Connection or something like that yeah. you know like he's That's playing like guitar one. and I'm singing like Kermit the Frog sure. like
1: yeah he's he's still paddling <laughs> and playing guitar at the same time because he's you know he's a drummer <laughs> he's, he's, he's got, super talented. he's got the dexterity on the hands and the feet and work separate exactly um
0: so let's let's go ahead and let, let's get the rest of these bands otherwise okay. we're going to be here until like right. midnight so
1: Um so the next band is Silver Sun Pickups.
0: Oh, nice choice.
1: Um oh, yeah. One of my favorite songs is Out of Breath. I mentioned that there are two so- two albums that I can listen to front to back. Um Neck of the Woods by Silver Sun Pickups is the other two is the, is the second album that I can listen to all the way through and enjoy the entire way. Um and this, does, uh, this band does kind of uh, segue into my love of um, uh, lady singers. Uh, I was positive that the, the lead singer for Silver and Sun Pickups was a woman for the longest time. Uh, I had never seen the band. I had only ever heard them. So what you're saying is is you,
0: you pulled a Hanson.
1: Uh, I suppose. Um, I thought that the lead singer just had sort of like a, a, like a really sexy, raspy voice. And I remember seeing the video for Panic Switch. Um, which was their first single off that album, I, th- I want to say. Um, off of Swoon, yeah. Uh, off of Swoon, okay. All right, yeah. Um, And there is a woman in the band, and they kept cutting around her to showcase this dude. I'm like, who is this fucking guy? Who cares <laughs> about this fucking dude? And then I looked up on Wikipedia. I was like, oh, oh that's a guy.
0: <laughs> Huh. There are so many stories of, like, and I remember vividly, I was in ninth grade um, playing football, and we're all, like, like stretching and, like, doing whatever, and, like, we're talking about, like, girls that we think are hot, and one of the guys is, like, yeah, man, have you seen those, that, that chick trio of singers, Hanson? Man, those chicks are hot, and we're, like, those are dudes, and he's, those like. are all three boys. Yeah, and he was, like, no, they're totally chicks. They got long hair and everything, and we're, like, really, dude? Really? Mm. Yeah, no.
1: No, I think you might learn something about yourself. But yeah, Silverstone pickups. uh, A buddy of mine turned me on to him um, when I was working at the first comic book store I worked at, um, and that's a sexy voice, man. Like (laughs) there's there's no getting around it. Uh, That's just dude's got a sexy voice. Um, And yeah, it's just it's musically it just clicks with me. There's no real great significance that i find to the lyrics then again i haven't really listened to them uh it really hit me recently that freedom 99 by george michael is about him coming out and that just like is even more awesome to me um but it wasn't significant it was just one of those things like i just like the way the the song sounds um and uh yeah i just i just really fucking dig silver pickups (laughs) What else um, is there to explain, man? And and my lovely girlfriend Katie. Very recently, we went and saw them live at nice. the 9:30 Club, and it was awesome. It was a awesome. fantastic show. How
0: are they live? They're really
1: good, man. Um, honestly, it's it's. I would put them up in uh, up with Bush in terms of live performances, where there's not a lot of quality lost. You know, there there are times when like you know, you'll go see a live band and. There's, you know, there's the passion, but like, you know, the lead singer isn't, you know, the pitch isn't quite right, you know, the timing isn't the best. They are it sounds like you're listening to the CD. It is yeah. it's
0: on point. The Foo The Foo Fighters put on a damn good show. Nice. I've seen them a couple times that, and they're always really That's really
2: the good. hallmark of a true band to me. Yeah. Is, is what do they like live? Cause, I mean, any more anyone can make a good album. Yeah. But doing it doing it live, I mean, that's that's you, and adding the energy and participating with the crowd, but still playing the song perfectly. I mean, that that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: James Rambo, your number one band. So number,
2: uh, honestly, number one, I'm just
1: opening this up in general, and, and it's more of just like a thing I like. Uh, I, I just really like Lady Rock Singers, and sometimes just, all it's all just pop, rock, whatever have you. If I had to pick a band, the most recent band I got, got into, um, was a band that Katie turned me onto. It was called the Regrets, uh, but regret is spelled E T T E S on the end of it. Yeah, yeah. We um, talk, we talked
0: about this in the uh, bands we slept on episode.
1: Yes, sir. They're uh, a teenage, uh, a group of teenage, mostly teenage girls with one teenage boy thrown in there, um, and it's just really good. What Katie described it as, um, like. If Bikini Kill listened to a bunch of girl groups from the '60s for one weekend and then wrote an album, <laughs> um, because it is very much a like raw feminist "fuck you, I'm a woman and you can't say shit about that," <laughs> um, while also being like really catchy and fun and um, you know light in places while still being heavy in places. Um, yeah, hey now, the song that's playing right now it's 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 a it's this girl who's like, hey, I really like you, you're cute. Should go out. Like, do you like, do you like my dress? You know, like it's all, it's all that kind of like teenage stuff, but it's like it's really honest. It's very straightforward. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but like uh, Sahara Hot Nights is another band that I love. Um, who it's it's an all uh, uh, woman band from I want to say Sweden. Um, all right, all right. Is the first first single I ever heard from them, um, and it's just like you know cool badass quick uh um uh lady rockers man it's just fucking cool yeah. um but uh, Are you a metal guy at all? I mean it, I'm I'm a good music guy. That's the thing. Like my I don't I'm not I'm not devoted to any one particular genre. I'm not, you know, super sold on um when I read comics, I don't read a character. I read a writer or I read an artist. Um, so if it's good, it's good. Um, I'm not usually a guy who reads Judge Dredd, but I picked up the last four issues of Judge Dredd because Mark Russell was writing it. Um, so you know, hey, if there's some metal stuff that you have
0: that I should listen to, I'll sure. Let's hear it. Um, Steve is, I, I okay. This is how amazingly encyclopedia encyclopedic his knowledge of music is. I one time made a joke because we were like. We were talking about music, and I was like, oh, we did, like, a decade show. We did an 80s show, and I was like, yeah, we did the 90s show, too. Hey, you know, next one we're going to do is going to be the 1870s. Ha, 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 thinking that Steve wouldn't be able to come up with any music that came out in the 1870s. This son of a bitch rattles off, like, like five or six. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you got this classical composer, and he did this and this and this and this. And I'm like, damn it, Steve. Like, I'm, I'm impressed, but also, like, you shit on my joke, but bravo. Like... Like it was so when it comes to people who can recommend good music, like Steve, Steve's the way to go. And like,
2: that's well, the other and thing. It's more about knowing the person, though. I mean, like yeah. it's about having a conversation. So kind of like knowing that, like, you know, taught, you know, talking with Rambo and like having that kind of, um, you know, I, what, what is it about the female uh, vocalist? I guess we'll say that um, that that draws you.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know if it's like a melody thing or a pitch. It just, it's a, it's a voice that has more musicality in it. i found like I, to, to answer your question, you know, yeah, I like metal. I don't like screaming. I don't like, you know, I, I, I shy away. I've, or at least when I, when I was younger, I shied away from a lot of metal because a lot of it was just a lot of dudes who were just screaming into microphones. And I'm like, I don't, this is not appealing i don't understand Mm -hmm. like i'm i am an angry guy i'm someone who is constantly filled with rage but i am not so angry as to need to express it in this function or this fashion um so it doesn't hold the same appeal for me and i know that's not really fair to to characterize an entire genre of music by like well this one thing happened so i don't like it um which is why i'm like yeah if there's something you want to recommend i'm absolutely down for it Um, well that's the thing i mean because like
2: metal it's just such a catch-all term yeah because there's so many different minute variations of genre underneath that that like i'm with you like i like opeth and they are like the death metal screaming kind of you know very raw vocals where you're kind of sitting there like i'm pretty sure a demon portal's about to open up you know behind me here after (laughs) i've been listening to this because this is some sort of like ancient chant that he's doing but then you got the stuff that's so melodic and you're like, this is, this is the true beauty and essence of nature being made into sound. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's a catch all term and everything, but like, there's a lot of like good European, like metal uh, bands and, and they, a lot of them tend to have female lead singers. Yeah. Um, so I, I just figured that would be a little more along your systems, lines, yeah. but I've been really listening to this band. We did talked about it on the slept on bands. Um, a band called Arian and it's really more of a project that um, and I, he, he's Scandinavian so I have no means of pronouncing his name um, <laughs> but he's like a musical guy and what he does um, he, he's, he plays guitar on a lot of it but he brings vocalists in uh, for all his albums and they all play characters and it's almost like a rock opera kind of thing um, and their most recent one check it out on YouTube because it's a bit long so you probably don't want to like just Look for it on I, – I, you can tell Mike. Uh, Michael will tell you I don't know how Spotify works in any capacity. <laughs> I just never got Probably into it. But, up we'll um, look up their album. It's A-Y-R-E-O-N. That's the name of the band. Okay. And their album, The Source. And just listen to the vocals on that. They have two female singers on there. Um, Floor Jansen, who is in Nightwish, and uh, Simone Simons, who is um, in Epica. And there's like – five or six other dudes on there too that are it's all melodic it's not screamo kind of stuff so if you're looking for a couple female singers their vocal range will kind of blow you away
0: we have gone from on our podcast we've gone from listening to carl carlson's uh everlasting love Mm -hmm. to going to children of Bodom's if you want peace prepare for war so (laughs) we are we are a diverse musical group here like we love I, I can't think of a, uh, a type of music that I can't listen to and enjoy like I can find enjoyment in pretty much any type of genre yeah. C- country I have some difficulty with but I,
1: li- I found out I like old country
0: a lot me more too and I like, and, blue I like and I love bluegrass like banjo like mandolin that sort of stuff I can dig all day it's yeah. the this weird, like, pop country that they're doing right now it's, that I just yeah not get it's into. It's like, hey, how about we took a rock song but gave it twangy
1: guitars and a shitty accent? And a guy that You're sings like, like this uh, all the time. Yeah, it's... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah no, nothing. It thanks. just feels like affectation, man.
0: It does. It really does.
1: Um, if I had to choose two uh, uh, um, runners-up, they couldn't be more different. Offspring. Yeah. Uh, nice. I love the Offspring.
0: You want to know who does a good damn live show? Yeah? I've, never, I've, I've never got a chance to see them. I saw them at HF Festival... My friend decided, out of nowhere, never, ever doing it before. He's never crowd surfed. He was like, hey, lift me up. I want to go crowd surfing. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And, like, four people over gets dropped right on his neck. Oh, so no. So, The Offspring are two songs in, and I don't get to see the rest of the Offspring set oh. because I had to take him to the damn emergency <laughs> no. area to make sure that he wasn't dead. You know? Like, it was... What a turd. I know, uh, right? Can't Get My Head Around You is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, like, all of their stuff is amazing.
1: Yeah. Like, and, and, like, Dexter Holland is just kind of an amazing person in general. Oh. Um, yeah. That dude, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, he's, like, a fucking... I, I,
0: I think he's just gotten his PhD. No, he's had, he's had it for a while. He's had it for a That's while. That's what Keep Him Separated is about, because he's a chemical engineer. And he was talking about two chemical compounds that he couldn't actually combine, because if they did, they would have a massive reaction that would be bad. So you got to keep them That's separated. So great. That's how, oh my God, one of the best <laughs> rock songs of the 90s is about chemical compounds. Like, like some crazy nerd shit. Yeah.
2: Um, this might be the sequel to Pinkerton for you, buddy. Just Dexter Holland's story.
0: Done. Um, um in fact what we're going to do is we're going to close this show instead of with Africa we're going to do a special. I have a version of the Offspring playing self-esteem so, unplugged. All right. And it's incredible. If I could pitch a different song. Okay. This is your this is your show. The other
1: the other band it's it's a single artist. Yeah. Carly Rae Jepsen. I love Carly Rae Jepsen. Her album Emotion is amazing.
0: You. I hate you so much.
1: And the song is called Boy Problems. <laughs> I am a 35-year-old Straight-ish male. <laughs> straight-ish. Uh, I like, I like that you. Qualify like that with with-ish. It's like 80-20. Um, <laughs> Everybody's a little bit gay. Like I, you know, I I see Hugh Jackman and John Hamm. I'm not again. I'm not made of stone. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> um, but uh, boy problems. The song is literally called "Boy Problems," and the chorus goes, "Boy problems." Who's got them? And I will sing along to this at full volume. I do, Carly. I I do. I fucking love this song.
0: It's so catchy. It's got a real, like, that bass line. Dude, the whole
1: album. The whole album feels like somebody... Okay, so you know how... uh, Jackie Brown is Tarantino riffing on 70s Black movies, yeah. and then you know uh, I, I'm someone who likes the homage to the to the thing more than the thing itself. Okay, and this whole album is like 80s pop songs, but it's like homages to 80s pop
0: songs. This is very like Tiffany or Debbie Gibson. Yeah. Yes. The which f- which by the way we have a zombie version of them that um, if when Halloween comes around uh-huh. it would be Tiffany. And, and dead B. Gibson. There yeah. we go. You're That's welcome. very nice. You're welcome.
1: Well done. <laughs> I think I broke yeah. up with my boyfriend today, and I don't really care. <laughs> Boy problems, who's got them? And, and she's basically like, not me. Fuck
0: that dude. And
1: I'm like, yeah, Carly. Yeah, you don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so glad we did this, and like we got to know you. Because, like. like, it's. I'm I'm good. I think this is. We went way over time. We're almost a half hour over our time slot. Hopefully, Eric will forgive me. Um, I, I don't even want to turn the song off. I'm gonna to listen to it in the car. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I want to close with this because I want you guys to hear this. Um, this is the Offspring
2: with some ridiculous bass.
3: First, we should explain that uh,
2: we didn't know how to do self-esteem acoustically. It's one of those ones that really took uh, a little bit of reworking to I've get it to sound good uh, acoustically. It's amazing. That's right. I mean, uh, uh, self-esteem is all about the baseline, right? It goes know yeah. And that sound, right. it sounds like crap, right? So on that, on that, it sounds like crap. <laughs> But yeah. and, and Dexter admitted that. So he said, "He said, Noodles, you you have a ukulele, right? You know, let's try ukulele." And I do. This is my grandpa's ukulele. So he uh, he got True. it in, in the islands when he was convalescing on his way back from the war. And he taught me everything I know about ukulele and, and how to play it. And, and uh, so we just decided to give it a try. I think it sounds pretty good. I like that. That's a nice so, touch. Yeah. for yeah. Sure. So, so this is uh, yeah, noodles. Thank playing. you, grandpa.
1: Nice.
2: Ukulele. Yeah. Yeah. Let these guys start it and then I'll come in. Okay, alright. Ready? <laughs> la 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 la
0: la 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 Just wait. It gets so much better. I mean it already sounds really good. You don't think the ukulele would work?
3: Alright, you guys ready for this?
0: it's such a good cover and it changes it yeah yeah like it's it's incredible so this is this will this will close us out for this evening's episode um Steve we we ran into a little bit of uh, technical issues there at the end but um again buddy yeah whatever yeah I I, thank you for for always being part of this uh, GGR pirate radio thing that we do buddy I appreciate it
2: love it as well
0: um I think coming up next since we've introduced everybody we've got you we've introduced uh, MC Brooks um, I think we might go back to some of the things that we like to do and we might go into talking about because remember we were doing a thing there where we were talking about TV shows we were talking about movies like our favorites Yeah. I think we might go back to that what was the last one we did I'm trying to remember
1: um, the initial conversation was like your Mount Rushmore of TV shows like if you could pick four uh, to sort of but we needed to do genres is what um, it was is we, we were yeah, like we need to be more specific yeah because like, like you mentioned Batman the Animated Series and I was like I specifically left that off because it's like whenever somebody says like oh who's the greatest Batman I specifically have to weed out that entire show because I'm like oh Kevin Conroy's the greatest Batman Mark Hamill's greatest Joker um uh uh, uh Richard Mull is the greatest Two-Face like I yeah. can just go down the line like Pick a voice actor from that show. They're the best version of that character yeah. in, in you know,
0: any kind of media. Um, yeah, and then sometimes better than the comics. So yeah, agreed. Um, what do you guys want to do next then? I
1: don't
0: we know, did sci-fi. Man. That's right. We touched on sci-fi, our favorite sci-fi. Yes. Uh, we did that with Steve Connolly. Um, mm-hmm. Do we want to do? I want to save horror for October. Yeah. That only makes sense, right? Sure. Yeah, of course. I'm going to do comedies. Sure. Yeah. Stevie, down with some comedies next week.
2: Mo- movies or TV? Yes. Damn. Dan, <laughs> yes, both. um
0: Let's go with movies because we did TV last time. So we'll sure. do favorite t- uh, comedy movies. I instantly thought of a scene. What? Have you ever seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Yes. Have I seen *Dirty Rotten scandals? So Didn't you do a piece for that? Yes, I did. Yeah, okay. And it's that that fucking
1: scene with the cork. It's this. It's the goddamn cork. Yeah. Why is the cork on the fork? To prevent him from hurting himself. <laughs> and it cuts to it cuts to Steve Martin sitting there as Ruprecht with a fucking eye patch on, and instantly just pop, <laughs> <laughs> hand jumps hand jumps up, stabbed himself in the in the eye Dude, with, the, with the cork. The fork. part
0: the part when he's pretending to be the paraplegic. And Michael Caine just beating the shit out of him God. with that, with that read just as hard Fucking as he can. Hysterical. And like, just no facial expression from Steve Martin at all. Like,
1: Look, he's crying. <laughs> he's so happy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. This is going to be a good God. episode. I'm, I'm down with this. Like, Oh man, I, I can't even, I have so many, so many comedies. Like this is going to be good. I think we'll just talk comedies next week. So guys, Thank you for tuning in. We went over by a good, solid half hour tonight, but that's okay, because we got to know a little bit about Mr. James Rambo. Hey, but man. big thanks to Philip Jean-Pierre for joining us in the last episode. Big thanks to uh, to uh, Hill Hippie, who was joining us from uh, FXBG Public Radio. And as always, Steve Monick, thank you for doing what you're doing, buddy, um, on the Geek Sheets. I want to get back... I want to get those um, splash pages done here soon, because um, I was... I, the uh, Captain Marvel thing is like ramping up so um, I need to tackle that one um, but we want to do that we want to do Aquaman and then we also wanted to do uh, Batwoman was the other one that, or yeah Batwoman right Shazam oh Shazam that's right I forgot about Shazam but we'll do those soon so keep your guys keep your eyes o- keep your guys open <laughs> keep your eyes open guys
2: it sounds like Mike does have some boy problems ho <laughs> ho listen to this Zing-a. guy listen to
0: this guy with the tie-ins I like this um, call so, that a callback folks uh, that, was, that was wonderful <laughs> I loved it um, you know what in honor of you Mr. James Rambo
1: yeah Solid
0: song. we're gonna end with Carly Rae Yeah. guys thanks for tuning in uh, it's greatgeekrefuge.com it's on iTunes holy crap guys we're on Google now what we're on google play the google play music store you can get the podcast there so you have no excuses anymore yeah. absurdly catchy Yes, yeah, it really is but guys for steve for james rambo my name is mike lunsford and this has been ggr pirate radio
2: That's been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice (laughs) Bags. Yeah, boy.